0: all right welcome to big time basketball the basketball segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'll be your host once again james and i'm joined once again by nate mette and terry what's up guys
1: uh so how's it going
0: All right, in today's episode, uh, we're just going to talk more on the NBA draft. We'll get into some, uh, I guess, steals or some of our favorite picks from uh, round two. Uh, And then we'll just hop right into, um, I, I guess, an outlook of each team in the NBA and what they did on free agency in terms of signings and trades. And then we'll just finish off with just a an early look at fantasy we'll talk about bigs we'll talk about some center rankings and we'll just i guess give our opinions on uh centers heading into fantasy for next season so uh let's just hop right into it um terry let me start with you i guess just looking at the round two of the draft i guess what player did you kind of have your eye on
2: main guy i was thinking about was Jalen thor Uh, i believe he got drafted by the pistons pick 37 so like seventh in the second round With that being said, I feel like he played for Auburn. I think 6'10", he's pretty lanky. He has the length as well. And with that being said, I mean, he's just a versatile defender, especially when you watch him play against the Tide or any of the teams he played against. He can switch through guys, whether it's power forward, center, or even the small forward position. Um, He has pretty good offensive consistency. But outside of that, uh, it's a work in progress, especially when you're looking into the second round. Hopefully, he's going to be a steal for uh, the Detroit Pistons and with that being said I mean hopefully he marinates on the bench as I always say for all of these guys and hopefully he becomes one of the stars in this league eventually
0: yeah for sure I mean uh, you touched on the Detroit Pistons I think I might as well go there as well um I have Luca Garza here from Iowa um he's taken by Detroit uh, 52nd overall in round two um I know I watched him quite a bit uh, in in the March Madness tournament. He was a really solid player. Um, I think that uh, the reason he dropped might have been because of being a liability on defense and being a big, that's kind of a problem. Uh, That's understandable. Offensively, he's really talented. Uh, He was pretty much just dominating. He's one of the best players in the tournament in my mind. Um, Yeah, he's just uh, one of those guys where – uh, I, I guess he'll need time to marinate as you would say uh, in the system sort of uh i guess learn how to defend on an nba level and then i think that he should be a good player for the pistons i i think they made a, a great pick there i think that he has that uh, upside for them especially offensively um but i mean he he's developed as a shooter um he's he's developed in so many different ways i think that once he just sort of gets that 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 little bit of development on defense i think he'll be really solid in the league but um, I'll, I'll just get to you, Nate. I guess uh which player did you have your eye on in round two?
3: Um, I had a couple of players. I think um the Kings ended up drafting I think Nemias uh Keda at rank thirty-nine. Um I kind of I guess liked him because he was I think he's almost seven one, he's two forty-five. So he'll be able to um play um, in the post he'll be able to rebound pretty consistently um, he's he, he should be decent on defense should be decent um, as an inside scorer I think the only um, trouble he had was um, I guess spacing the floor so that's probably what he's gonna be working on probably in his first couple of seasons and I think the other player I was looking at was Isaiah Livers. I think the Pistons drafted him at rank 42 in the second rounds, and he has. Uh, I think he had 40 percent from three, and he can defend multiple positions. So I think that's um, pretty pretty good for a round two guy.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely, some people have criticized Sacramento over their drafting uh, these past few years, but. Uh, I guess they they have gotten some good players uh, even this year, so let's see how they turn out. Uh, Mete, I'll just get to you now. I guess who are you, who's your player that you had your eye on in round two?
1: Yeah, so I'm really high on Jason Preston. Uh, he got picked originally by Orlando, but was traded to the Clippers. Six four point guard out of Ohio. I mean, he's got great size for a point guard. He's got shooting guard size at six four, uh, and he has a crazy story it's kind of straight out of hollywood i don't know if you guys know it but uh i'm not gonna go over it but it's actually really hectic and you guys should just if you want to hear a story just look up jason preston's story on google uh he but that's not the main reason i'm a big fan of him he also averaged 5.6 rebounds 5.9 assists per game 1.2 steals per game so I feel like he does all the little stuff and the non-flashy things well, so he can do a little bit of everything, and yeah, that's why I'm high on him. He's got the IQ, but the offense isn't fully there yet, but that's an easy fix, I feel like, so yeah, look out for Jason Preston.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, the Clippers are pretty much just adding to their depth at this point. They're a pretty solid team overall, so I think it was a great pick by them. Uh, so I think that's sort of the outlook we were we were looking at for round two, you know, just taking a few players and just putting a spotlight on them. So uh, let's just move right into free agency now. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, I guess, how each team has sort of uh, updated uh, their, like, via moves and, and other things and how I guess each team's looking so far heading into next season uh, this time Mete I'll start with you just taking a look at the Atlanta Hawks I guess what's your opinion on what they've done this offseason
1: yeah I think they've had a decent off season. I'd say um, the summer league last night uh, the Hawks were in action and Jalen Johnson their first round pick had a really good game so so far it's looking like a good pick um Outside of that, they re-signed Solomon Hill, Georgie Yang, they picked up. They extended Trey Young, which is great. Uh, John Collins as well, great signing. And they brought back Lou Williams. So they're trying to keep the core together, which I like since they had a deep playoff run. They also added DeLon Wright from a trade. So that's honestly a pretty good pickup. Like I was saying, uh, they're a deep team and they, re- adding to that so yeah look out for the Hawks I think they're gonna have a good season again
0: yeah they should be right back in the playoffs next season the the way they played and like you mentioned they pretty much just extended all of their current roster so that's really good to see uh Nate let me get to you I guess on Boston how do you feel about them in free agency
3: um I'm not really uh too sure how I feel about it um They lost Kemba. I think he's kind of under, underrated. Um, Apparently he's lost Evan. They've lost Evan Fournier. And I mean, he played really good in the Olympics. So there's that. Um, I guess we'll just have to see, I guess, how they do in this current season.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they brought back Al Horford. Hopefully he's a a similar player to what he was before when he was in Boston. Uh, Cantor sort of came back josh richardson so i mean they made some moves but like you said they lost a lot of big pieces um i think their main issue is they need to be healthy for this coming season so we'll definitely see how that turns out um terry now let me get to you i guess about brooklyn uh, they made some pretty big moves so i guess maybe just take a look at them
2: yeah pretty big moves re resigning kevin Durant. i believe it was a four-year deal something like that at 198 million so almost 50 million per year with that being said, uh, you also had guys like Patty Mills, who is a tremendous sharpshooter, uh, as you've seen him on the Spurs. And then you got James Johnson, who's basically an energy guy and a bigger body when it comes to playing in the front court. After that, you add Javon Carter. I mean, he's just filling out the roster, basically, especially when you got guys like Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving taking up so much cap space. And then just adding guys through the draft like Cameron Thomas, they Dave Ron Sharp, uh, those guys can just learn from guys like Tyler Johnson, DeAndre Jordan, as well. Unfortunately, you do lose guys like Landry Sham, if, uh Spencer didn't we the, and Jeff Green uh, through free agency or the draft or not draft but through trade? But eventually, that has to happen because some guys want to go for more money, and you gotta keep putting more spokes on the wheel. And with that being said, that's basically Nets free agency in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, I think it was important they added James Johnson because, I mean, when you lose a guy like Jeff Green, they lost a lot of depth on uh, the front court, so uh, definitely uh, something good that they did to sort of replace him. Uh, Mete, uh, just getting to you, what's your take on the Charlotte Hornets this offseason?
1: Yeah, I think they've had a solid offseason as well. I mean, they only lose Devontae Graham and Cody Zeller, and I don't think it's too big of losses. I mean, Devontae Graham is solid, but... They have a lot of guards there, so uh, I think they're fine. Uh, they drafted James Boonight, Kai Jones, JT, what is that, Thor? Uh, yeah. Scotty yeah. Lewis. So, yeah, they've, they've got some solid pickups. Ish Smith, Kelly Oubre is a good one. And I think Mason Plumley, he actually had a really solid season for the Pistons. So I feel like that's an upgrade over Cody Zeller. So, yeah, I think the Hornets, they're doing a good job, I think.
0: Yeah, they're definitely going to be one of those teams, I guess, on the cusp of contending for the playoffs. So uh, hopefully these moves can kind of push them over the line this year. And uh, just looking at the Chicago Bulls, Nate, I guess what's your opinion on their offseason?
3: Um, I think they've um done some good signs, Lonzo and DeRozan. Those are uh, two really good signs. Um, they added Alex Caruso, and I like I I like that they added him. I don't like that they added him for thirty seven million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess just looking at the um, the plays that they lost, I think sataransky was worth thirty million dollars. So he's another really good def- depth piece. So it's like. It kind of evens out, but then there's still like a $70 million difference. I think Sadoransky has like a $30 million contract. So it's like maybe it's not like, I guess, the worst deal, but I'm still still not sure how I feel about that. Um, They lost Daniel Tice as well. So um, he's a pretty good um, small ball big man as well.
0: Yeah, I think overall, most of us can say that the Chicago starting five has definitely improved from last season. Obviously, Damar is sort of that big ad that they got, and then Vucevic at the deadline last season. So, yeah, they are looking good. I guess we'll see how this team turns out. They do look strong enough to make the playoffs, so hopefully they can get that done in the East. Uh, speaking of another team in the East, Terry, uh, what do you think about Cleveland this offseason?
2: Cleveland, not that much moves since you're a smaller market, especially after post-LeBron. Through the draft, Evan Mobley, tremendous pick, especially when you only have one pick. He's going to fit in nice at power forward. And you re sign Jared Allen to a five year deal at 100 million, which is a good deal. And then you get Ricky Rubio, who can just help. I wouldn't say mentor, because Garland and Sexton already have so much talent. It's more of like trying to tweak out the parts that are a little bit too sharp and making a curved edge for this team. Um, Unfortunately, you do lose Torrey and Prince through free agency not even free agency I think it was through a trade I'm not sure who he went for though but um you can replace Torrey and Prince with guys like Seti Osman on the team I know is high on that guy and then you got guys I'm not sure if Dean Wade's still on the team but if he is that's another nice piece right there especially for depth and then you got guys like um I forgot his name Damian Dodson even though he's not forward I mean he's going to be interesting just to fill out the roster as well so It's a nice move for Cleveland, even though it's not big moves as everyone else has been doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're just improving small portions of their roster. Obviously, Ricky Rubio is pretty big. You can have a guy come off the bench that can run an offense. So uh, we've seen what he can do both uh, in the NBA and internationally uh, in terms of his play. So good on them. Uh, Mete, just getting to the Dallas Mavericks, I guess, what do you like about them? Big signing uh, with Luca.
1: Yeah, uh, re-signing Luca definitely – a W, so that's great for them. Uh, outside of that, they re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr., Boba Marjanovic, they picked up Sterling Brown, Reggie Bullock, and they got Moses Brown through a trade, so uh, they haven't done too much, but I'm a fan of Moses Brown. I think he had like 20 rebounds in the first half of a game last season, which is crazy. I think he could become their starting center. He's a good young center so that's a pretty good pickup I'd say and Reggie Bullock also is a solid pickup Uh, he's just going to be there uh, spotting up shooting open threes and he plays solid defense so uh, you definitely love to have guys like that on your team outside of that they lose Josh Richardson and honestly it's not that big of a loss Uh, Richardson and Bullock they Pretty much got the same play style. They're 3-and-D guys. So, yeah, uh, decent offseason for the Mavericks.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely like some of the moves. Reggie Bullock, uh, I think that was a great move for them. I guess the only downside was they didn't get anyone in the draft. They didn't have a pick this year. So, um, you definitely want that young stream of players coming in. So, we'll definitely have to see if they're affected by that. But uh, let's just get to the Denver Nuggets now. Nate, I guess, what's your opinion on their offseason?
3: Um, It doesn't look like the Denver Nuggets did too much for their offseason so far. Um, They lost JaVale McGee, which is a little unfortunate. I think he's a pretty good um, depth center. Um, They ended up drafting, I think his name is Nishan Hyland. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly. Um, He looks like a pretty good rookie, so that's good. Um, They re-signed a couple of players, Will Barton, Michael Green. Um, Jeff Green and Austin Rivers. So I guess they've done all right. I'm just not sure if that's going to be enough to kind of advance farther into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I definitely uh, understand what you're saying. Um, You know, maybe they could add a couple more guys via trade in the season, but I think they are looking pretty good right now. Um, A team that made a lot of moves this offseason, Terry, the Detroit Pistons, I guess, what do you think of what they've done?
2: Uh, Great draft. Let's just first off, I say that Kate Cunningham, um, uh, Luca Garza, just to name them two. And then you got free agency, you had guys like Kelly Olinick, Corey Joseph got re signed. Um, Trey Lyles was an interesting move. I know you're a Spurs fan as well, so you're kind of wondering how he got signed for that much money. And then they re signed Saving Lee, who is a nice playmaker on the team. Unfortunately, uh, they do lose Mason Plumlee via trade to the Charlotte Hornets, which is a blow, but good guys like I mean Garza and Isaiah Stewart who can fill in that role perfectly well and then after that I think Wayne Ellington went to the Lakers and I mean it was expected and I mean you're not going to keep a veteran three guy on a rebuilding team like this yeah he, he gotta eventually spread his wings on a playoff team somehow and that's basically what they lost in free agency after that it's a rebuilding team good luck
0: Yeah, for sure. I guess another team that was sort of a lottery team this year, the Golden State Warriors. Meti, I guess, what's your opinion on what they've done?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to complain about here as well. Uh, They draft Jonathan Kuminga, Moses Moody, two solid picks. But I really like the signing of Otto Porter Jr., especially on a minimum deal. I think that's a bargain for the Warriors. And Nemanja Bialica as well. A solid guy who can shoot at the power forward position. So, yeah, I feel like their two free agency signings are kind of perfect for them as uh, they can both shoot. And, you know, down in Golden State, they love to shoot. So, yeah, good job for them. And then they lose Bazemore, who had a pretty good year, actually. So that one's kind of that one's going to kind of hurt them, their bench. Uh, And Kelly Oubre which he's a good player, but I don't know. For some reason, I don't think he was fitting in with the Warriors. Like I was saying, they like to shoot a lot, and especially during the start of the season, he was shooting, like, maybe 20% from three or worse than that. So, yeah, I don't think he was the greatest fit for State, and losing him I don't think is the worst thing in the world for them.
0: Yeah, I can agree. I don't really think that Ubre fit well there um definitely adding those uh, two players in free agency will definitely improve their depth that's something they haven't had as of late um Nate let me just get to you on the Houston Rockets they did a lot this offseason I guess what do you think about their
3: moves well I guess I'll start with their draft I think their draft was pretty good Uh, they ended up drafting I think four rookies so Jalen Jalen Green I think that's a pretty good um draft pick and I think Alperin, Sangoon, Usman, Garuba, Josh, Christopher. So they did pretty good there. The I guess the free agency move that I didn't like um, was they ended up adding Daniel Tice and they dropped um, Kelly Olenek, which I didn't really understand because if they're rebuilding, it it's like if you let go of Kelly Olenek because you want more cap space because you're rebuilding, then fine. But then they ended up getting Daniel Tice who has... A similar size contract so it's like I'm not too sure about why they um decided to pick up Daniel Daniel Tice if the whole point is just to rebuild for a few years completely so yeah I'm just not sure about um their decision
0: yeah, I understand your point, and I guess I just want to point out that I'm a really big fan of Jalen Green. I was watching him a bit in the summer league. The guy looks like a superstar already. He could contend for Rookie of the Year this coming season. I think it was a solid pick by them. Um, let's just get to the Indiana Pacers now. Terry, I guess what are your thoughts on their moves?
2: I mean, this is one of those bubble teams that are trying to fight for contention that year in, year out. Unfortunately, they did deal with injuries this past season, and which created them into that mobile team. Um, you lose Doug McDermott to the San Antonio Spurs. And uh, with the market of requiring a shooter these days, I understand why you went for that much money. And honestly, if you're the, if you're an Indiana Pacer fan, you shouldn't sweat it too much. You got options like TJ Warren, Justin Holiday, Jakar Samson, O Shaver set, just name a few at small forward. And then ads this past offseason. I mean, you didn't really do that much, but it's a it's Indiana, you know what I mean? So, like, not that many people want to go out to the middle nowhere and, you know, play basketball. T.J. McConaughey's re which is a great, depth uh, piece for them. And then you sign a guy like Torrey Craig, which is an interesting player from his history with the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. And then I believe they signed for Sykes. I don't really know that much about him. I wish I did, but... Uh, hopefully he turns out to be a great depth option for this Indiana baser team.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think maybe it might just be the beginning. Maybe they'll, they'll do some additional trades or, and so on later in the off season, but let's just move now to the Clippers. Uh, Mattie, I'll get to you. They did some uh, big signings here.
1: Yeah, they have a couple big signings in Kawhi Leonard and Nicholas Batum. And it was a great, uh, I mean, Kawhi, obviously one of the best players in the league. And Batum, when they inserted him into the starting five as a small big man in the playoffs, it really turned their uh, postseason around. They started picking up wins. So, yeah, it's great that they got him back as well. And they drafted Keon Johnson, Jason Preston, who I was just talking about. Watch out for him. He's going to be great. Uh, and Brandon Boston Jr., and they haven't lost anyone yet. So, I mean, they had a great season, uh, kind of unlucky losing Kawhi at the end and losing in the Western Conference Finals. I think with Kawhi, they could have won the Western Conference Finals. And honestly, they might have even beat the Bucks in the finals, I feel like. So, yeah, they're just going to try their luck again.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's stay in the same city in L.A., Nate. Uh, let's get to the Lakers. This team probably made the most moves out of any team, this free agency. Let's just talk about that.
3: Yeah, so I guess like you guys said, they uh, traded a bunch of people, um, traded away Kyle Kuzma, Harold KCP. Um, Alex Caruso is on, on the Bulls now. Marquise Morris is on the Heat. Um, they end end up adding Westbrook. I think that's kind of like the biggest trade. I think that's kind of the most controversial because it's like, there's like one side where it's like, it's Russell Westbrook. He's a really big name player. There's a lot that he can do, but the other thing is like, he's really ball dominant. LeBron James is also really ball dominant. So it's going to be like, who's going, it's, I guess it's kind of like a higher, a hierarchy issue, if that makes sense. Um, so just not sure like how the fit's gonna work with both LeBron James and Westbrook on the floor at the same time I think in terms of um I think another thing they were criticized about a little bit was um who's going to um shoot from three how's the spacing gonna look um they did add I think Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk are I think Malik Monk is close to 40% from three. Kendrick Nunn's about 38% from three. So there is some spacing there, but I guess we'll just kind of have to see how it plays out.
0: Well, I mean, LeBron knows what he's doing. You know, the GM's at work. So uh, we'll definitely see how that turns out for them this year. Um, Let's get to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Terry, let me get to you on their moves.
2: Interesting draft. I mean, you had two picks in the first round. Zaire Williamson at 10, Santi Ali Dama at 30. Uh, I believe I had or um, Nathan talked about it last episode. So the great moves right there. And honestly, the only other move they did make was the Steven Adams and Jonas Valanciunas trade. Uh, you lose JV to the Pelicans, unfortunately. But you do pick up a guy like Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe. I did say how Eric Bledsoe was supposed to be traded and I think there was some reddit that was saying that after we recorded that episode. So I don't know what's going to go on with Eric Bledsoe. There, he is going to be an interesting mentor if he does stay through the entire season. And with Stephen Adams, I feel like him and John Morant is just going to be that. It's not going to be a Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams 2.0 thing, but it's going to be like something. It's something lighter than that. If you get what I mean. And we all know Adams is one of the more heavier screeners in the league. And hopefully him and John can figure out something down in Memphis.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I think it was a good move. Uh, maybe if they move Bledsoe and they get some other pieces, I guess maybe we'll see how much uh, it improves the team. But um, let's get to Miami now. Uh, Mette, let me get to you. They made quite a few moves in free agency.
1: Yeah, a lot of moves, actually. Uh extensions to Jimmy Butler, uh, re-signing Duncan Robinson, two great moves, Uh, bringing in NBA champion PJ Tucker, also great move, Markeith Morris. I mean, a lot of these moves are really good, even bringing back Victor Oladipo. And their biggest uh, acquisition, I'd say Kyle Lowry from the sign and trade with the Raptors. I mean, that trade was amazing for them. The fact that they don't lose Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero, one of their top prospects. And the fact that they don't give up a first round pick, I think was a huge steal for them. So yeah, I hope they take great care of Lowry down in South Beach. Uh, outside of that, they lose Goran Dragic and Precious Ochiwa to the Raptors. And uh, Precious Achiwa. He was, I think he's got a great upside, but uh he didn't really get to play much in Miami. So those two losses aren't too bad. Uh Outside of that, they lose Trevor Ariza. He actually was really good for them uh, down the stretch. So that one might hurt a bit. And Nemanja Bialica, who, I mean, I don't even remember the, him being on the heat. So yeah, I don't think they're going to miss him much. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think he bounced around quite a bit last year. Um, let's get to Milwaukee defending champs. Nate, I guess, what's your opinion on their offseason?
3: Um, they didn't really do too much in the offseason. Um, they ended up re-signing Bobby Portis, which I think is a good de- decision. Um, they got George Hill. He's a pretty good player. Semi Ojale, um, I feel like he's going to be more of a depth player this year. They lost PJ Tucker and Brian Forbes. So, and I think they drafted Sandru Mamou Kaleshvili and Georgios Kaladzikas. So, they, they have like a couple of depth pieces, but I guess we'll just kind of have to see um, how far the depth goes.
0: Yeah, that was some good pronunciation on those names. I probably would have <laughs> butchered it worse than that. And yeah, it's oh, interesting it's how yeah, it's interesting how George Hill decided to come back after missing the one year that they won the championship. So <laughs> uh yeah, that is interesting. But let's get to the Timberwolves now, Terry. Um, they really didn't do much, to be honest.
2: You get Toy and Prince for Ricky Ruby on next team.
0: <laughs> All right, next next team. Uh, let's move to the Pelicans. Uh this time Mete, I'll just get to you. Uh, they did quite a bit. I guess just go over their moves.
1: Yeah, they did a lot, and this is the first team I'm actually kind of disappointed in. I've been saying how I'm a fan of every team's uh, offseason, but yeah, the Pelicans, they draft Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, those I don't have a problem with, but the trades they were doing, I mean, the Valentunis trade for uh, Adams and uh, Bledsoe, it's not bad because Valentunis is good but I think they gave up better draft picks so I wasn't a fan of that especially when they're a rebuilding team they kind of need those higher picks so I was confused by that but Valanchunas is definitely a good pickup outside of that they only get Thomas Sadaransky and Garrett Temple from the Bulls for Lonzo Ball which I think is a robbery for the Bulls I mean I don't know how they convinced them to take that deal. I don't think they lost a first round pick as well in that trade. So yeah, I'm disappointed in that trade. And the Devontae Graham sign trade, I think they uh, gave up a first round pick for him. Again, uh, they're kind of like a rebuilding team in my eyes, So they kind of need those picks. But after losing Lonzo, they kind of needed a point guard, I guess. Actually, Not even Nikhil Alexander Walker is really good. They could have just ran him, but yeah, I mean, when you get a guy like Devontae Graham, I think he's older than Lonzo and he's not as great as he's not as great of a playmaker as Lonzo. So I feel like he won't fit as well. And for the guys they lost, they lose Steven Adams. Like I said, Valencius is an upgrade. Eric Bledsoe, I guess, is good To get them off your books as they were paying them a lot, but since they lost uh, draft capital for that, I wasn't too happy about it. Lonzo Ball, like I said, I think he's the better fit over Devontae Graham, and they lose James Johnson, which isn't that big of a hit. So, yeah, uh, confusing offseason for the Pelicans for me.
0: Yeah, it was just a lot of moves that didn't really seem like they had a one direction that they were going with, I guess, for the team um Nate let me get to you on the New York Knicks I guess what's your opinion on their offseason
3: I think overall their offseason's looking pretty decent um they I think they didn't really have the highest draft picks they ended up getting Quentin Grimes that's pretty good number 25 Rokas, Jakubaitis, Miles McBride, Jericho Sims so I think those are some um pretty uh good picks they didn't they didn't have like um I guess like really high like lottery picks so These are pretty good for um, what they drafted. Um, They got Evan Fournier, Derek Rose resigns. They got Kemba Walker, which is really good. So I guess just looking kind of at their depth chart, they have um, a really good starting five now, Kemba Walker, Fournier, Barrett, and Julius Randle. They're all starting. They have Derek Rose off the bench. Um, They have Obi Toppin, Nerlens Noel, Quentin Grimes. So... They could have a deep playoff run this year.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely liking what the Knicks did. Uh, Some of the guys they even added in the draft, like Grimes and McBride, are really solid. Um, Yeah, uh, I totally agree with you. Um, I guess, Terry, just getting to you on OKC, uh, what's your opinion on their offseason?
2: you are a rebuilding team, and the best thing you can do is just get as much draft capital as you can. Uh, This past draft, I think they drafted at least maybe... Three or four guys, something like that, uh, just surrounded by Trey Mann and Josh Kitty. And then you, through free agency, I mean, you see on Mike Muscala. So it's just a depth piece for this rebuilding team right now. And then I believe they made the trade with Al Horford and Boston Celtics for <clears throat> Kemba Walker. You bought out him just so he can be on a rebuilding team. And then you bring in Derek Fazer first through trade as well. Most of these moves were basically for either veteran leadership or just to give them a cap space for this okc team with that being said i mean you do lose Al warfare and moses brown who i do feel like would have been a great center for the team but unfortunately uh i guess it's not into the team's plan
0: yeah for sure um like you said rebuilding teams so a lot of these moves are just um like you know just to get money off the books or whatever but Uh, Mette, just getting to you, I guess, on Orlando, uh, what's your opinion on their offseason?
1: Yeah, I mean, they didn't do too much, but I kind of like their moves. Uh, Jalen Suggs falling into their lap with the fourth pick, or isn't that the fifth pick? I I think it it should be the fifth pick, yeah. Yeah. And then Franz Wagner, a good pick as well. Mo Wagner's brother, who they bring back, and they get Robin Lopez, solid uh, big man off the bench and they only lose auto porter jr which i don't think will hurt them too much as they're not going to be contending so they don't really need him but one thing i'll say is with them drafting jalen suggs their backcourt's getting kind of crowded now they got suggs faults uh rj Hampton. Uh, who else am i forgetting they've got a couple more guards that are pretty solid cole yeah cole anthony thank you I mean, they've got so many good young guards that they need to get out on the court. And with them having so many, I feel like there's not going to be playing time for all of them. So I'm uh, curious to see how they're going to handle the backcourt situation in Orlando.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Definitely a team with a lot of young players. They got to sort through. But uh, let's get to Philadelphia now. Nate, I'm going to get to you. What's your opinion, I guess, on their offseason?
3: Um, I guess they they did all right. It's not bad. So they ended up getting Jaden Springer, Philip Petrazev, and Charles Basie. Um, it, they don't appear on the depth chart, so I guess there are not all of them. So some of the players, for example, like Petrazev, it looks like they're he's going to be developing a little bit more. Um, it looks like uh, Jaden Springer is going to be a depth piece for now. Um, they had also got Andre Drummond, so uh, another really good depth big man. So I guess the only, actually, no, Philip Petrov is in the depth chart, my bad. But I guess they're all going to be playing behind Embiid, so that's the only um, issue with the 76ers. So for the 76ers, it's good. For, for um, Drummond and Petrov. it's kind of like, how do I find playing time, if that makes sense?
0: yeah i guess if anything maybe they can deploy mb as like a power forward i don't know how that would work because he's naturally a center so um yeah and i don't even know how they would deploy drummond as a power forward either it's going to be really tough uh, they'll probably have to play them together i guess in specific situations they would not be able to do it all the time so it's all uh, ball lineup. <laughs> pretty much exactly so i uh, yeah all of us are sort of confused by the move, I guess it's probably just more depth, if anything, because we know Embiid and his injury history so um, that's that's probably what the move was anyways. Uh, but let's just get to Phoenix now uh, Terry let me get to you I guess on their off season.
2: Uh, free agent resigns basically they didn't have a pick in the draft so you have to do your to free agency. He signed Russell Westbrook's former dance partner and Cameron Payne, who has become a great bench piece for this team. Chris Paul re-signs to a very, very lucrative deal. You get JaVale McKee insurance policy for DeAndre Ayton. Plus, we saw what happened to him versus Giannis. So, is basically someone to throw at if you deal with another big body that's unguardable. And then, I believe his name is Abil Nadir to sign another bench piece because probably not that many people wanted to come to Phoenix this offseason. And then they traded for Landry Shamath, who's going to be an excellent, as I said, bench piece for this team. Uh, you get rid of Javon Carter and Tory Craig. Tory Craig, eh, I'm a little bit sad about, but Javon Carter, I mean, he might find better uh, aspects in his game with Brooklyn. So can't really complain about that move right there.
0: Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with you. I think they needed to add to their bench, and I think they did that this offseason. All right, let's just get to Portland now. Uh Mate, let me get to you for their offseason moves.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is another team. I'm not so sure as to what they're doing. Uh we're seeing a lot of reports nowadays saying Damian Lillard he wants out of Portland. And he keeps saying, Oh, uh, if it's not coming out of my mouth, don't believe it. But no one's gonna Uh, admit they want out of a place so yeah I'm getting kind of concerned if uh, they're gonna lose him as they're not putting too much talent around him I mean they pick up Greg Brown he's solid Cody Zeller uh, solid big man off the bench Norman Powell great uh, signing as well and Tony Snell, who I'm a big fan of a lot of people will remember him for his 28 minute all zeros performance but I choose to remember the guy who uh who's the only fifty fifty a hundred player, so yeah, and I'll say everywhere he goes, he's a starter at first, and then they drop him to the bench and then completely drop his minutes, and I feel like that's when the teams uh start losing as uh he's kind of a misunderstood player. He'll only shoot like five times maximum in a game. And that's because he's taking smart shots and he knows his role. So yeah, that's what I'll say about Tony Snell. They lose Zach Collins. Uh kind of sucks for them. I mean, I know they had high hopes for him as he was a stretch big, but he wasn't healthy uh, that often for them. So he didn't get to showcase his talent that much. And I think losing Enes Kanter is a big blow for them as well. I mean, we saw what he could could do as when uh, Nurkic was out, this guy was a walking double-double. Even when Nurkic came back, he was double-doubling almost every night. So, yeah, that's going to really hurt them. And, yeah, I feel like they got to make a big move or Dame might be gone from the Blazers.
0: Yeah, I think they definitely need to improve the depth. Uh, like you mentioned, they lost a lot of it. So, I mean, it is good they kept Norman Powell. That was probably their biggest move in the offseason. But, uh, Nate, let's get to Town, Sacramento. Uh, what happened here for them in the offseason?
3: So, there are some things that I like, some things I didn't. Um, Dave, Davion Mitchell, it's um, like on one hand, he's really good. So, on the other hand, it's kind of like, They already have De'Aaron Fox. So I guess on the depth chart, it looks like they have De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, Davion Mitchell, and Terrence Davis. So in terms of guards, they're good. So I guess the only question is kind of how the big man situation is going to look out. They do have uh, Marvin Bagley at power forward. They have a bunch of centers, Rashawn Holmes, Tristan Thompson, Alex Len. They also ended up drafting Nemaez Keita. So in terms of centers, they're they're good for centers, but power forward looks like kind of their weakest position. So we're gonna kind of have to see. They're uh, gonna have the unfortunate um, position of having to kind of play down to power forward, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, at least they made a lot of moves. Hopefully, they do improve next season. I guess their depth is a lot better. So I guess we'll see what kind of improvement they have, but. Um, Terry, I guess perfectly fitting, uh, we get to you about the Spurs. I guess just go over their offseason, I guess, your opinion.
2: Yeah, so since you're a Spurs fan too, I can't do you wrong on this one. Let's start with the draft, Joshua Primo, Joe Weiskamp. Um, Primo, I believe he is excellent, long, athletic wing that has great shooting potential. Also show some flashes with the shot creation skills as well. So you gotta like that if you're Spurs plus Canadian as well. So whoever's a Canadian fan of the Spurs, you gotta love that even more. Joel Weisskamp, Iowa, sharpshooter, has the size for a wing, has a has an amazing deep range swish, perfect for the Spurs as well, since they need that three-point shooting. If you look through their off-season ads, Doug McDermott, uh, as we all know, as I said, with the paces. Shooting comes at a premium, and that's what they have to do with this move. Zach Collins, let's see if we can get some untapped potential out of them. Jocks Lansdale, I believe. I believe he was the NBL Finals MVP, uh, power forward. So basically, we are stocking the shelves at power forward and at the big spot. So you got like that. Chandler Hutchinson in the sign and trade for DeMar DeRozan. So see what we can get untapped potential for him. And then they signed Brian Forbes. Like, why? Why would you do that? You got, like, so many other guys that you can just pick and choose from the prospect pool from last year, like Trey Jones, who is Tyrese Jones, I believe, older brother. I'm not sure that, man. But you get what I'm trying to say. ton of guards on the Spurs, so you don't got to worry about that. Problem is, if you're a Spurs fan, you already know the deal. These guys that you just drafted, you ain't going to see court until next year. So guys like them Sell probably graduates the starting lineup, maybe even the bench this coming season outside of that you lose patty mills to trade to the brooklyn nets rudy Gay to the utah jazz Gorgie dang to the Atlanta hawks and Marta rosen to sign and trade so it's just rebuilding for the spurs from here on in
0: yeah i know i mentioned to you about i was so happy when forbes left and then we just signed him back and i was just like <laughs> exactly <laughs> they literally just signed him back right after i said that i was like yo i shouldn't say anything no more but <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, um, Mete, let me get to you on the Raptors. Uh, Another good fit, I guess, um, since you love talking about the Raptors. um, Yeah, just talk about their whole offseason.
1: Yeah, so we're in the same direction as the Spurs as the Raptors have gone rebuilding. Uh, We draft Scotty Barnes. Kind of came out of nowhere, but I'm kind of liking that pick now. Uh, Delano Banton, I think he's the first Canadian or... Uh, Toronto native that got drafted by the Raptors or both. So that's amazing. Uh, David Johnson pick 47. Uh, Solid draft. We get back Gary Trent Jr., which is huge as, I mean, if we let Gary Trent Jr. walk, we literally traded Norman Powell for nothing. So that was a key signing. Uh, They also pick up Sam Decker. Uh, Let's see how he does. I mean, He's remembered for his uh fast break when he was all alone and he trips up, ball goes out of bounds. So yeah, maybe the Raptors development team works their magic again and we get some good play out of Sam Decker. We also acquire Goran Dragic and Precious Achua, who I was talking about with the heat. Uh not the greatest return since we didn't get hero or uh Duncan Robinson back but I'm excited to see what we can do with Preci- Precious Achiwa if we can develop him also Dragic uh today he said he doesn't want to stay with the Raptors so looks like we're probably going to flip him for something else and then uh we lose Kyle Lowry which I feel like was kind of an ine- inevitable sorry at this point as um I mean Looks like the Raptors are trying to rebuild and it would be kind of pointless to keep Lowry. Although we didn't get the best uh, return for him, at least we get something. So yeah, let's see how uh, the rebuild goes in Toronto.
0: Yeah, I guess, Nate, any thoughts from you?
3: Um, I think uh, Mete said it for the most part. The only thing I'm kind of wondering is I noticed that on the depth chart, Chris Boucher still isn't starting. So I feel like he deserves to start at this point. So I'm not really too sure why they decided to keep him on the bench.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that he had a great um, season last year, I guess, sort of a breakout. Hopefully they can sort of see that and just make adjustments there. But um, Nate, I'll just get right back to you, I guess, on Utah and their offseason.
3: So I guess Utah is an even deeper team now. Um, they didn't have, I think, around one pick, so they ended up getting Jared Butler. So he's going to be um, another, I guess, a depth piece at the guard position. Um, redraft, they re-signed Mike Conley Jr. Um, you kind of have to do that. They got Hassan Whiteside and Rudy Gay. So it looks like Rudy Gay is going to be playing a little bit of power forward so it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that plays out um hassan whiteside a good depth center and i guess they ended up losing um derek favors they got eric Paschal as well so i think and other than like i guess power forward most of their team looks pretty deep
0: Yeah, for sure. I think you mentioned the depth. Depth is important, especially in the playoffs. It looked like, uh, I believe they lost to the Clippers, and the Clippers had a lot more depth than them, even uh, with a guy like Kawhi, you know, uh, going down and stuff. So the the depth is really what helped. Um, But, yeah, just getting to the Wizards now, uh, Terry, I'll just finish off with you.
2: I mean, major move, Russell Westbrook, for guys like Kyle Kuzma, Herald, I believe someone else is in there, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And just to think where they were, like, probably a year or two ago with the unmovable John Wall trade and where Noel wanted his contract, you flip him for Westbrook, and now you flipped him for guys that can basically fill the rotation around guys like Bradley Beal and Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, with that being said, you do lose guys like uh, Westbrook, but at this rate, I mean, he needs to be on a winning team just so he can, like, capitalize on all the years he's just sacrificed for most of these franchises he's played for. Use guys as well like Alex Lintz, to Town, as you said, and then I believe Ishmith the the Hornets, where you can just fill them in. Uh, outside of that, there's not many other trip moves that they did besides drafting Corey Crisper from I believe he was from Iowa. I'm not thousand percent sure on that, but he is a strong body wing player, 6, 7, 230, not two thirty, around like two twenty five, give or take, and. Pretty much can catch some lob if needed and outside of that i think that's mostly their free agency right there man
0: yeah i think we did a pretty good coverage of all the teams uh additions subtractions i think we're I'm satisfied with the amount that we covered so uh, let's just move now into some fantasy because we are of course the fantasy fanatics podcast so uh, let's take an early look i guess at uh, some centers, uh, center-eligible players heading into fantasy next year. Obviously, we've had different eligibility lists, so we might not all have the same players. Plus, we have our own opinions. So I guess, Mati, I'll start with you. Give me your top three, I guess, uh, heading into next season.
1: Yeah, so my top three was Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Karl-Anthony Towns. Uh, I'll start with Nikola Jokic as my first center. I mean... I think it'd be kind of disrespectful to not have him at one after the season he just had coming off an MVP uh, winning year. So, I mean, uh, his number is 26 points, 11 rebounds a game, almost eight assists. He's doing it all, Uh, even giving you defensive stats, 1.3 steals, 0.7 blocks. So, yeah, uh, best center for fantasy and honestly might be the best center in the game as well. Uh, number two, Joel Embiid, he's also really good. What he's lacking over Embiid is the assists. Uh, he only averages 2.8. But outside of that, he brings better defense, uh, 1.4 blocks, one, one steal a game. So, yeah, Embiid also really good uh, center. Number two for me. And then number three, I have Karl-Anthony Towns. Uh He's also really good. I mean, all of these guys are really good. Uh, great numbers: 25 points a game, almost 11 rebounds, uh, almost five assists a game. I like uh, players for fantasy, especially who uh, give me a wide uh, range of stats, where they're even getting assists as a big man. You, uh, you're definitely gonna get rebounds and defense usually from your big so guys who can uh, give you assists and threes as well I feel are uh, very valuable to a team so Towns at three for me
0: yeah I I should have said that we are talking about nine category leagues and not points leagues so uh, we pretty much go over all the stats Uh, Nate let me get to you for your first three
3: so for my first three, um, I have Jokic, Embiid, and Vucevic. Um Jokic, um, like Mete said, he should be the best fantasy player in centers this season. Um, he I think he has the most versatility, points, rebounds, assists. He can shoot. Um, he gets steals. I think the only category that he doesn't really get too much is blocks, but he does so much that it should be able to you should be able to make up for that if you end up drafting him first. And I guess Embiid is second, um, kind of similar in amount of vers- versatility that he has, a lot of points, a lot of rebounds, gets a lot of blocks, a lot of steals. Um his shooting's not quite as good as Jokic, but he's still a really good inside scorer. So there's that as well. And Vucevic is also um, a good scorer. I think he gets 2.5 threes a game, Um, 23 points, uh, 11 rebounds. So, yeah, that's my top three.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Definitely some good names there from both of you, but I guess I'll get to you, Terry.
2: Who's your top three? I think it was the same as Mente, uh, Jokic, Embiid, Cat. With that being said, um, you don't really need to say that much with DC guys, basically top tier centers in the league. Jokic former MVP or this past year's MVP. Enough said Joel Embiid, he was basically a defensive player the year before he got injured. Uh and then we'll call Anthony Towns. I mean, he's in Minnesota, so you're not gonna talk that much about him. Plus everyone got the narrative of him being soft. But I feel like this past year, um, with the losses in his family, I feel like everyone's just trying to lighten up on him a lot more. And we're all gonna start appreciating how talented he is as a center.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess for me, for my top three, of course, I had Nikola Jokic at number one. I think that's unanimous for all of us, for all the reasons you guys mentioned, his category coverage, obviously winning the MVP this year for a reason. Um, number two, I put Anthony Davis, actually, none of you guys mentioned him in your top three. And the reason why I mentioned him is, um, these past two years, uh, people were even taking him as the first overall player in fantasy, um, not, I guess, taking into account his injury history. Um, I think his category coverage can rival Nikola Jokic, uh, I guess, if he does stay healthy. So I think that uh, maybe if you're, you're sort of looking for upside at the position, uh, I think I would put him at number two just because of the versatility you get. Um, with him. And I, I feel like, you know, he can shoot the three. Um, obviously, um, points, rebounds. I mean, you just go through every category, shooting percentages are really solid as well. Um, so yeah, I have him at number two and I have Carl Anthony Towns at number three uh, for all the reasons you guys mentioned, both Terry and Mete. Um, I just think he's really solid. I think he's undervalued at times. Um I, I think that, um, yeah, he's definitely someone, if you draft him, he's pretty much the cornerstone of your team. He should be taken in the first round, obviously. Um, yeah, there's not really much more to say about uh, K.A.T. So, um, I guess, Mati, I'll get to you for your four to six.
1: Yeah, so number four is Demonte Sabonis. Five, I have Anthony Davis. And six, I have Bam Adebayo. Uh, like I was saying, I like guys who can uh, stuff the uh stashy for me and Sabonis I mean is one of those guys he just averaged 6.7 assists uh, last season and he's a guy who's been improving every year so if that trend continues he's gonna get even better and that's gonna be scary for the league number five I have Anthony Davis uh it's not a talent issue for me I mean Anthony Davis might be one of the most talented bigs in the league it's just With the Lakers adding so much um, talent, I think his fantasy value is taking a hit as I don't think he'll be scoring as much. Even the rebounds could go down. I mean, they're uh, bringing in a lot of wings. Uh, One thing that could happen is maybe his assists go up as he only averaged 3.1 last season and for his career, he averages 2.3, but Looks like he's showing improvement as a playmaker, so maybe he'll become a assist god, so we'll see. Outside of that, I mean, he just does everything, so he's really solid. And number six, I wanted to, with Bam, uh, this one might be a little high for you guys, but I don't know. I just really like what I see from Bam, especially last season. Uh, like I said, uh, guys that stuff the stashy is what i look for and he had 5.4 assists a game last season so that's great and i feel like i don't know why i just have this feeling he's going to be shooting the three-pointer this year so yeah i think he's going to add to his arsenal and get even better
0: yeah for sure i definitely agree with all of those points obviously i have davis a little bit higher but uh nate let me get to you i guess for your four to six
3: so from my four to six, um, I put um Karl Anthony Towns, um, Giannis and Bam. So, um, I put Karl Anthony Towns. Um, I think he's another really, really dominant center. Um, shoots the three. Um, I think he got twenty four point eight points last season, ten point six rebounds. He does some um assists as well. He got four point five assists. That's really good for a center. Um, Giannis, the reason I put him, um, on the list is because he's list, he's eligible for center in certain leagues. So this is kind of like more of like an asterisk kind of, um, pick. So you're going to have to check your league, make sure that he's eligible as center first before you, um, make plans to kind of, um, draft him as a center in the first rounds. If that doesn't end up happening, he might end up being eligible as either power forward or small forward. So He's still a first-round pick, just don't pick him as center if he's not eligible as a center. And I guess I put Bam at number six, I guess, mostly for his potential. Um, His field goal attempts was 12.5, and his field goal percentage is, I think, 57%. So if he's able to kind of get more field goal attempts and keep his field goal percentage, he might end up being able to score 20 points per game, which I think would be really good.
0: Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. Um, Terry, let me get to you for your four to six.
2: Uh, Four to six, I have Vucevic, Bam Adebayo, and I believe I have Rudy Gobert. With Vuce, I mean, his time on the Magic basically summarizes it for me. He's basically a jack of all trades when it comes to the offensive threat. Uh, With Bam Adebayo, I mean, he's a great defensive player. Anytime you see him defending against like four or five on the other team, And plus, he can just play make... He does a little bit of everything, basically. And with Rudy Gobert, yeah, he gets overpaid, what some people may think. But then, I mean, two and a half blocks plus the... How much was the averaging, really? I believe, like, at least...
3: A little bit of like... 14 14 and 13, I think. Yeah,
2: 14 and 13. So, basically, I mean, you're getting basically a 15 and 15 guy. And with that said, I with his length uh you're going to have nights where he just gets over that or over those average thresholds so sometimes you might get even 20 in 20 games and honestly the reason why i didn't put ad or any of the other guys you're about to mention is probably because i consider them more powerful forwards or small forwards in general
0: yeah uh for sure i definitely agree with a lot of your points um number four i put joel Embiid. i guess i'm kind of concerned um i know um, first of all his injury last year uh hopefully fully recovers from that second of all uh andre drummond coming in uh, we don't know what the role is going to be uh we don't know how many minutes that's going to take away maybe they're going to rest and beat a little bit more during the season uh we don't know i guess with all the question marks um I just feel like there's less question marks about the three guys I have ahead of him in Jokic, uh, Davis, and uh, Towns. So um, I I put him at number four. At number five, I put uh, Bam Adebayo. I guess I'm higher on him than a lot of you guys. Um, I feel like that um, someone mentioned he's young and athletic. Uh, He's like a pretty much double-double machine. Blocks, he's huge for fantasy. Uh, Someone mentioned his percentages are really high as well. I guess if he can maintain that, uh, he'll finish as a top five center next season. So um, I definitely like him, I guess, a little bit higher than Nikola Vucevic, who I think should be number five, but he doesn't have as much potential, I, I guess, being on Chicago, the way he was dominating in Orlando. So I have him at number six. He's still very solid. He should be taken in the first two or three rounds of your draft. Um, there's no question about that. Um, if he's your number one center for your fantasy to- team you're doing really well for yourself so I can't fault you there so um, that's my four to six and uh, Matty I'll get to you for your seven to nine
1: all right so seventh I have Christian Wood eight Rudy Gobert nine Julius Randall and like Terry said uh, with uh, Nate talking about Giannis I feel like uh, if the list I was looking at showed that he was center eligible I'd have him at number three but I feel like he's not center eligible in all leagues, so yeah, Um, let's talk about my seventh best center, Christian Wood, Uh, I mean, he's been um, kind of a late bloomer in the sense that the last two seasons is uh, when he really started to pop off, Uh, yeah, he's pretty much good at everything except assists i say he only averages 1.7 and i think he's in a really good situation with uh houston being one of the uh, lesser talented teams i think he's gonna have a lot of scoring opportunities so yeah christian wood seven number eight rudy gobert uh he gets great numbers for sure but it uh, doesn't really give you assists. It uh, doesn't really shoot the three ball. I mean, outside of that, uh, he does everything really well. I agree. But like I said, I like guys who stuff the stashy for me. And there's a couple categories he won't get you. And that's why I have him kind of low. And then number nine, Julius Randle. I mean, he just had a great season. 24, 10, six assists, even uh, stuffing the stashy for real. And his defensive numbers aren't the greatest. So that's why I had him kind of low, uh, just under a steal a game and 0.3 blocks. So at the center position, you kind of want uh, defense as well. And that's why I have him kind of low as I think he was lacking in that uh, stats.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. And uh, Nate, uh, just getting to you. Uh, what's your seven to nine?
3: So my seven to nine is Porzingis, Davis, and um, Sabonis. Um, I ca- kind of uh, like Porzingis at this the spot where I put him. Um, his he does shoot the three. I think he got two point three three points um made per game. His rebounds are a little low, but I feel like his threes might be able to make up for that. He, he shoots, um, I think 85% for his free throw, which is pretty important for a big man. His field goal percentage is a little bit lower than some of the other centers, but I think it's because he likes to shoot the three a lot. Um, Anthony Davis, I put him a little bit lower mainly because of, um, the acquisition of Westbrook. Um, I forgot to mention Carmelo Anthony Anthony as well. So, um, it I'm just not too sure about how many um, field goal attempts that um, Davis is going to get. He's going, he's not necessarily going to have as many touches. Um, his rebounds is also lower than Porzingis. I think Porzingis got eight point nine, Davis got seven point nine. So, I decided to put um, Davis a little bit lower, and I guess have um Sabonis at uh ninth i think Sabonis got 20 20 and 12 so he shoots the three i think less than porzingis as well so yeah
0: yeah um i, I definitely uh, agree with a lot of the stats you brought up um I was Surprised a little bit about Porzingis, but at least uh, he does uh contribute in other categories. But um, Terry, let me get to you for your next three
2: from Nathan, more powerful it's just then. But all right, let me just get to my list. Uh, DeAndre Aiden at what are we at seven, 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 yeah. Uh, Clinka Capella at eight, and then Jared Allen at nine. With Aiden, I feel like he's a lesser, I wouldn't say he's like a lesser version of Colbert, he's going to be his different type of player, as we all know, but um. Just stat-wise, I feel like Gobert puts up way more than Aiden. With Clint Capella, yes, he had a great year this year. Uh, I believe he had 14 rebounds, 15 points. But remember, Trey Young, Boyan, and John Collins, you're going to have to deal with, like, those other three guys mainly. And then I put Jared Allen at nine because of the fact that he just re-signed, and then I feel like he's has much more of a ceiling compared to The other guys behind him, Uh, I'll get into it when my turn comes around. But, I mean, he's still 22 years old. And, honestly, Cleveland, I feel like, it's going to be a great fit just because of the fact that the guards can just facilitate him whenever he wants.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I I actually agree with you with what you said, uh, Rudy Gobert being a bit ahead of DeAndre Ayton, and that's exactly how I have it. I have Gobert at number seven. I have Ayton at number eight. Um, Yeah, like you said, I feel like Gobert uh, contributes a little bit more in different categories than Aiton does. Obviously, Ayton's I believe he's a little bit younger. So I think he does have room to grow. I feel like that the Suns, uh, when they utilized him properly, especially in the playoffs, that's when they were winning a lot of their games. So uh, he should be one of the main focal points of their offense heading into this season. So I definitely think Aiton's going to be solid as well. Uh, Number nine, Nate, I have to agree with you. I have Demantis Sabonis here. Um, I mean, he's pretty underrated for what he does there in, in Indy. Some of the stat lines he puts up uh, he's pretty much an all-star almost every season. Um, I mean, he'll, he'll carry uh, the team, whether it comes to points, uh, double digit rebounds, uh, good shooting percentage, all of that stuff. And um, I think he, he's a pretty solid pick, whether he's your one or two uh, center on your team. uh, I think he is pretty solid. So uh, I guess Matt, to round out your top 12, who are your last three?
1: Yeah. So I got Nikolai Vucevic, John Collins, and Jaron Jackson as my last three. Uh, Nikolai Vucevic, honestly, uh, I really like him as a player. I just think he's in a rough situation. I think uh, you said it, James, where the Bulls are very talented now. So like AD, I don't think he'll be getting as many shots, Uh, but the assists could go up and he's one of those bigs who are pretty solid at passing. He averaged 3.8 last season. So, yeah, uh, nothing against Vucevic. I just think he's in a tough situation. And then John Collins, uh, honestly, a really good, young, big man. Uh, he does have a little bit of injury concern as he hasn't been uh, fully playing every season. Uh, he's missed a couple games. But outside of that, I have a couple... Uh, couple concerns his steals aren't the highest 0.5 and he only gets uh 1.2 assists a game so yeah that's why I have him kind of low and then Jaron Jackson Jr. is kind of like a sleeper for me this year with the departure of Valanchunas I think he's gonna have a great season uh his rebounding numbers haven't been the greatest so far but He's been playing alongside Valentunas, who's one of the better rebounders in the league, I'd say. So I think those go up. His assist numbers, they're kind of lacking, 1.1. I feel like he's going to improve from that as it's kind of tough to get worse than that. And then he's a guy who can shoot the three, also plays great defense. So, yeah, I'm really high on him. He's only... 22 so he's got a lot of upside
0: yeah i definitely agree definitely has a lot of upside uh nate let me get to you i guess rounding out your top 12 who are your last three
3: so rounding out my top 12 i have another powered forward julius randall um i have clint capella and rudy gobert so for whatever reason julius randall is also eligible for center in some leagues So again, if you happen to be in a league where Julius Randle is eligible, um, you could probably take him in the first first round as uh, center. Um, Capella and Gobert, they have um, really similar games. They have really good inside games. So um, I think Capella got 15 and 14. Uh, Rudy Gobert got 14 and 13. They both um, get around two blocks, I think. Gobert has almost has three blocks. So um, I think Gobert also has, I think, 67% um, field goal average and Capella has 59%. So um, I think Gobert has a more accurate, I guess, inside um, scoring game, if that makes sense. But uh, Capella ended up getting uh, more points this season. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. And uh, Terry, uh, for your 10 to 12?
2: I'm pondering Mente's list, but my 10 to 12, I had JV, Miles Turner, Yusuf Nurkic with JV. uh, Don't get me wrong. If it was based on last year's or this past season's stat, JV would be up there. But with the move to the Pelicans, I feel like it takes a little bit of a hit just because Zion Williamson is that cutter to the basket and that power forward. So I'm just... I know like people that have the same skill sets, they still manage to find a way. Like, don't get me wrong, you saw it with Chris Paul and James Harden. I feel like they're gonna find a way down in New Orleans. But something just throws me off that JV might not fit with Zion as yet. That's just my hunch. With Miles Turner, I mean this guy was a block king from last year. I believe he had over like three blocks a night, like three and a half, something like that. Uh you're not gonna get rebounds with him, but. Honestly, when you're looking for centers, you're looking for blocks, you're looking for, like, those quick points and percentages uh, with the field goals. And with Nurkic, uh, unfortunately, last year he was injured, so that does take a hit onto his stock. But then, I mean, he looks like the clear-cut center on this team right now in Portland. And with that being said, I feel like he's just going to manage to scoop up those bricks that either CJ or Dame hits, and then he'll just put it up for easy two.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think that um, those are some solid players. Uh, Mete, I have Christian Wood at number 10. I really liked that you put him on your list. Um, I think he's really solid, good young center. I think that um, pretty much uh, he's one of those guys that's going to keep developing. And then um, he'll keep rising up. Um, My center's list, uh, I have Clint Capella at number 11. Obviously, you guys mentioned his stat line. and pretty much double-double every game. Obviously, he contributes, uh, whether it's uh, shooting percentages or whatever other categories. Uh, he's really solid, definitely a top-12 center. Um, and then I have Jonas Valanciunas at number 12. Obviously, you guys went over uh, his stats. Uh, he had a monster year last season. I think he can continue it. Like Terry said, we got to see, um, I guess, him and Zion, how they like gel together. But I guess other than that, uh, he's been really solid. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much us just covering our early look of our top 12 centers. Um, I guess we want to start with centers cause I, I feel like it's important to draft, uh, a lot of good bigs early. Obviously they contribute to good percentages. Um, those categories like blocks and rebounds are very valuable. Um, I guess, Mete, um, any sleepers you have or any last thoughts?
1: Uh, not really sleepers, but a couple of guys I left out who, could honestly make it. Valanchunas, like you guys were talking about, I feel like he took a hit going to the Pelicans. Um, Nurkic, I just have a little bit of trouble trusting him after the season he had. DeAndre Ayton, I feel like he's got some offensive liabilities that he's got to fix up. And Miles Turner, I actually really like as well. Like Terry said, uh, Block King. I feel like if he plays enough games this season, he could be a front runner for the defensive player of the year uh awards. So yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. I guess Nate any sleepers
3: or just last thoughts. Um not too sure. I guess uh DeAndre Ayton, I think he's going to be um really good this year. Um I guess for Uh, Last thoughts. Um, Interestingly enough, Pascal Siakam is also eligible for center in some leagues. So, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you could take him if you like Pascal Siakam.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I would have included both Yanis and Julius Randle, but I just assumed that they were only uh, power forward eligible. Um, Some leagues, they are eligible for center. So if they are, definitely include them. Um, probably my my other guy I probably would have up there is Miles Turner. Obviously, he's like the block king of the NBA. Um, contributes to other categories as well. And I guess Terry, any last thoughts or sleepers?
2: You guys have way too many power forwards and small forwards. I I don't even know what to say. Um, couple of sleepers: Christian Wood on the Rockets. One, Isaiah Stewart on the Pistons. Two. Uh, I know I'm forgetting someone that I want to say. Uh, Who's Sacramento? Rashawn Holmes, something like that a couple of young guys that I'm thinking of that comes off the top of my mind is that I'm hoping to take a leap outside of that. I mean, if I name everyone else, it's just going to take another 10 years. So back to you, James.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think that's going to be uh, the end of this episode of big time basketball. I guess make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at fan fan uh, for the podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple music, Google podcasts, uh, and see the video on YouTube. I guess, make sure you like, subscribe, share, I guess, click the bell for notifications, leave us a review, all that good stuff. And uh, I think this is a great podcast, guys. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.